You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimal of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello and welcome to episode number 35 of that one time on tour. As always, I'm your host, Chris Swinney, back with another stellar conversation with someone in or around the music industry. We made it. It is 2019. I just watched the ball drop with my family. It's about 1 a.m. now and I am in my podcast studio bringing the content to you guys. So thank you for coming back and checking out that one time on tour. I really appreciate it. 2018 was an amazing year. So many listeners in so many different countries all over the world. World, all 50 states. It was a stellar year. Yes, I like using the word stellar, so I used it again. I really appreciate you guys going on this journey with me, letting me be a part of your life and you being a part of my life. I've said this on many podcasts. That kinda, I kind of found a new community through doing this podcast, so I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Today on the show first show of 2019, I have an amazing guest, Mr. Sam King from the excellent Fat Records band Get Dead. Sam and I discussed all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, One of the cool stories he tells is about how they were trying to cross the border into Israel and uh, they almost got denied. It's a really cool story. So you guys are going to have to wait to hear about that because I have to do some business. I have to tell you about my sponsors. Up first, Rockabilia.com. You've heard me talk about them. They're an amazing company. They have over 500,000 unique items from all of your favorite bands and they're officially licensed by the bands, which means the bands are getting paid. So if you want to hook up your favorite band, go to Rockabilia and buy some merch. Uh, go to Rockabilia.com and at checkout, put in the promo code PCTOTOT and you're going to save 15% on your entire order. So I know you guys have gift cards out there for Christmas, so go to Rockabilia.com and use those gift cards. Up next, I have to tell you guys about Sticker Wolf. Sticker Wolf is still on as a sponsor. They did the logo for the show. They're an amazing place. You need to get a hold of them. They'll take care of all your sticker needs. They can do logo work, everything. They're so great. And uh, the the guy that runs Sticker Wolf, he has a band called Copper Bones. They're really, really good. So check out Copper Bones as well. But uh, Sticker Wolf is on all the socials at Sticker Wolf, or you can go to StickerWolf.com. Also back once again is your button guy. He just sent some new buttons and magnets that I'm going to be giving away very, very shortly. Uh, If you want to know about that, just email me, hit me up. But uh, your button guy on Instagram, check him out. He's amazing. And he will take care of all of your button and magnet needs. Last but not least, I do need to tell you about Muncie Music Center. Yes, you've heard me talk about it. It's the store that I work at here in Muncie, Indiana. Go to MuncieMusic.com and check them out. And if you're local here in Muncie, go to 600 South Mulberry Street and tell them that Chris sent you. Okay, there's one more thing I want to tell you about. There's a really cool sponsor of the show that was on last week's episode, or not last week, I guess a couple weeks ago's episode. Carusco, they're a band from Tennessee, not Tennessee. Yeah, I'm tired. It's it's a band from, yeah, I've had too much champagne. It's a band from Texas and uh, they're going to be on tour. Actually, they're on tour right now and they're playing in Muncie, my home hometown where I live 
uh, on January 3rd at a venue called Be Here Now, which is on the campus of Ball State University. The doors open at 730. So if you are here local in Muncie, you need to go to Be Here Now on January 3rd and check out Carusco. They're amazing. Go support those guys. Shout out, guys. Hope tour is going well. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to remember if I have I haven't done this for a couple of weeks. I'm a little I'm a little rusty. But uh, make sure you're following us on all of the social media platforms. It's at TOTOT podcast. If you want to become a sponsor, please hit me up. Up, TOTOT podcast at gmail.com. Leave me some love or some hate on the TOTOT hotline. It's 1765 372 8818. And if you want to help the show out, the easiest way to do it is to leave us a review or subscribe or rate us or all three on any place that you get your podcast. We are now on Spotify. We are on Google podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. So go do that. It really helps the show out. If you want to help the show out even more, we are also on Patreon. Uh, if you don't know what Patreon is, it's really cool. You can uh, pledge a little bit of money each month. It's like just a couple bucks. And um, I'm going to give out some extra content for our patrons. And it helps me, you know, with upkeep on equipment and, you know, paying to host the the podcast and everything. So if you guys are interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash TOTOT podcast. I hope you guys are having a happy new year so far. There's about an hour into it so far, but uh, have a happy new year. Please keep coming back. I'm going to keep, you know, churning out these really cool podcasts. I've got some great guests coming up and I hope you guys are enjoying it. And uh, I'm going to stop rambling. So I'm going to get right into my conversation with Mr. Sam King from Get Dead. Here we go. And I'm on the line with Sam King from Get Dead. How you doing today, Sam? Good, man. Climbing down the ladder right now. How you doing, Chris? <laughs> I'm doing really well, man. Uh, you're at work, I take it, right? Absolutely. Every day. Uh, what kind of stuff do you do for work? I'm a house painter. House painter, that's really cool, man. So yeah. you're uh, you're up on top of a house right now. Yeah, I am. I mean, I I definitely wouldn't go as far as that's really cool, but you know, <laughs> it's it's a good dead, <laughs> good good way to pay the bills, right? Fucking a, man. I, I like being outside. That's cool, man. So uh, I want to I want to get to talking about your band. I want to get to talk about all the music and everything. The first thing that I always ask my guests is kind of you know how they got into this crazy thing called music that we're all into. And especially, you know, punk rock, like what was your first kind of memory when you were young, how, of how you found out about punk rock, how you got into music? Um, well, I would, I would say like my first memory of punk rock is, um, like growing up, I was like a I started skateboarding when I was like eight or nine. And, uh, my mom got me a CD player for Christmas. I didn't have that many CDs. And I found out that the library had CDs. So kind of being a juvenile delinquent, I went to the library and boosted just random CDs. I had no like musical taste at the time. Could you give us and a couple? Think, could you give us a couple of the ones you boosted there at the beginning? Uh, yeah. So one <laughs> one was an one was an audio CD of uh, uh, the Red Pony from John Steinbeck. Okay. <laughs> which was fucking god awful. And then I think that I got like uh, uh, <laughs> like crazy like salsa. Like, you know, fucking South American salsa, whatnot, CD. And then one of them was uh, um, from the band X. Okay. That had, Lo- that had Los Angeles on it. So out of like that, you know, that first uh, first interaction with that, you know, just like something had me gravitate toward that X CD. And then, uh, you know, and then just how it goes. And we like skateboarding and stuff like that. Just, you know, skateboarding for everybody that was into it, that's pretty much how you got your soundtrack, you know? And, and you guys, punk rock is always it. you're from uh, the Bay area out in San Francisco, correct? Yep. So, I mean, me being from Indiana, I mean, I've had some success in music and whatnot, especially in the punk rock world. But as you know, living in Indiana, you kind of had to seek it out. You had to really, it had to be on your radar being out on the West coast around San Francisco. I'm sure there was a lot of, you know, a scene out there. Were you part of that scene when you were young? Yeah, I guess not not like a part of the scene when I was too young as much as I was part of like the skateboard scene. But, um, you know, punk rock and fucking skateboarding have always gone hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I probably started going to shows when I was like, you know, 11 or 12. Like I saw like AFI at the Cupertino Library when they used to do free shows there. and So you saw like a- AFI with like the suspenders and like doing all the crazy old school stuff? Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. 
And so, I mean, that was always fucking super cool going up in the barrier was that um, we did have like a plethora of shit that you could just kind of fall into or just run into at any given night, you know? Who who were some of the bands back then that kind of spoke to you? Like maybe some of the local bands that, that then got a little bit bigger later? Um, I mean, I think, I mean, a- AFI when I was just a kid, you know, but then I feel like that's a weird that's a weird one for me because in the later on stuff, I, you know, I didn't really speak to me that much. Yeah. Um, and then nothing really that local when I was younger. Like I, you know, I was like super into the fucking minor threat album. Okay. Um, uh, let's see what else face. I mean, for, you know, face to face was a big one for me just cause that was, they were on like almost every early nineties fucking skate video, like four one one volumes, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, I, so I found I, that about a lot of punk rock through skate videos and surf videos as well. Even though I lived in the middle of the country, I watched surf videos quite a bit. Yeah. Like I think, I think that was like the coolest thing about when skate videos started getting mass produced like that was that, I mean, I used to take RCA cables and stick them into the back of my fucking VCR and then record the music off of the skate videos. So all my cassette tapes had like skateboarding in the background. That's awesome, man. You know, and so then you'd be like, you know, be like 11, 12 years old, and you're like trying to do the tricks that you saw on the video to the music that was on the video, and that was kind of cool. So were you in a lot of bands? Like, once you found that, did you know that you wanted to sing right away? Did you play guitar? Like, what, what led you uh, to I, actually I started be out playing. Yeah, my mom got me a bass. Like, I used to fucking, I, I wanted to be a bass player. So I didn't, I didn't really even get into, um, fuck, I don't even know, man. I think that's uh I was in like a junior high band where it's, I don't even know if it was punk rock as much as it was just some weird shit that we were doing. Yeah. But uh, Get Dead was the first punk rock band I was ever in. When I was in my teenage years, I was kind of like into hip hop and shit like that. I really like Get Dead. The thing that always speaks to me about you guys, I mean, I, I've been a big Fat Records guy forever. And, you know, there's always that new wave of Fat Records bands coming out. When I first heard you guys, the thing that really spoke to me is that all the songs were kind of different. Like it wasn't one sound. I heard like so many influences in the music. Like you've got your acoustic stuff and you've got the more kind of straight ahead punk rock stuff. Like, is that a kind of a thing you guys wanted to do? Or is that just how it came out? I mean, I think, I think when Get Dead first started, it was kind of like an eclectic sound just because when Get Dead started, it was a culmination of um, like four bands stopping at the same time. And then we all kind of just weren't, the other guys weren't in bands. So that's they're like, oh, fuck, let's start our own shit. So, you know, the earlier years, it was kind of just trying to figure out what kind of sound we wanted. But everybody, I mean, Mike Yard, <laughs> going to kill me. Uh, Mike Yard, guitar player, he used to be in like a jazz funk band called yeah. uh, Log, Log yeah. Jamming out there, in, uh, out there in Vermont. And then... Uh, <laughs> And then they stopped. Uh, then he stopped that jam band. And started another jam band called Teabag. Teabag, okay. So I mean, he had a so I don't know, man. Yeah, we all just came from different musical backgrounds, you know. Like where Timmy, Timmy and Scotty were always just like straight, like super punk rock guys, you know. Dave Moki, he was he was more into like fucking metal and shit like that, so. It's kind of a fucking pull push. Did you always know that you wanted to sing? I mean, you don't have a traditional voice, I'll say, but I mean, you have a really, yeah, right? really good voice for what you're doing. Like it fits perfectly. I love how it sounds. I love the gravel in your voice, but did you want, know you wanted to sing at an early age or was that just something where you were the only guy that could kind of carry a tune? Yeah. Um, I mean, fuck, I still don't think I could carry a tune. You put a gun to my head, but <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was <laughs> Like younger and stuff, I never, I never wanted to sing. I wasn't like, you know, aspiring to sing. My grand, my grandparents, when I was living with them for a while, she tried to get me into um, like a, a fucking theater class or something. When I was like eight, and I was such a bad singer that uh, I ended up having to play Oscar the Grouch <laughs> and sing out of a trash can, which is pretty much like a metaphor for my life at this point. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I never, yeah, no, man, I was never like had aspirations as younger. I would never have thought in a million years that I'd be doing what I'm doing now. That's for sure. So can you lead me up to where you guys actually, you know, had the relationship with fat and you signed on to fat. What was, uh, you guys formed in 2007, correct? Yeah. So I know you guys put out, you know, a couple things, some EPs, some vinyl, whatnot, but what led to the relationship with fat records? 
Uh, well, from what I understand is that we, we made a video for this one's for Johnny and uh, Josh Garcia, who was once our drummer for a little bit, and then he was the sound engineer at Motor Studios, which is Fat Mike Studio in San Francisco. Yeah. I, he had gotten a new console, and he was calibrating the soundboard to the like the flat screen above it, you know? Yeah. And he was using our video to calibrate it, and Fat Mike walked in. Wow. And so, and then, and then I think that it's almost like the same story a lot of people get that are on Fat. One of us got a call from Fat Mike. Didn't believe it was Fat Mike. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, oh, shut the fuck up, dude. Who is this? And then, uh, were you pretty familiar with Fat Records and with all the bands on oh, that yeah. label? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, like I said, like growing up skateboarding, like there was no way you weren't fucking familiar with like Ribbed or fucking, you know. But any any of that older no effect shit, like that had a big influence on me as a kid skateboarding. And, uh, <clears throat> a lot of those other fucking bands coming up, just like everybody else, you know. Yeah. So I was I was really you know I absolutely knew, and I lived in San Francisco. Yeah, it's, it's the so, home hometown of the label. <laughs> yeah, like I fucking remember. I don't know. I was probably like eighteen or nineteen. I dated a girl, and she was friends with um, Lisa that used to manage uh, One Man Army, and fucking um, she was friends with Aaron from Fat. And a couple times we went to. I think it was back when Aaron and Fat Mike were still together, and like a couple times we just gone over to their house randomly. I used to just trip out. I'm like, fuck, this is that Mike's fucking mansion right here? Where the, which, where the fuck am I? Dude, I, I've, I've met Mike so many times, and I still, whenever I meet him or, like, talk to him, I'm still, like, that, like, 14-year-old kid that was listening to No Effects. Like, it kind of freaks me out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a weird thing, right? Like, you think that you get over it. I mean, I've got a pretty good relationship with him and consider him one of my fucking friends. But even now and then, I still, like, kind of, like, tilt my head and look at him like fuck am i really talking to this dude right now <laughs> I've, dude i've had the same thing any of those guys like talking to melvin or jefe or any of them it's it's crazy man yeah fucking a man melvin's a sweetheart too that guy's fucking the best you know who doesn't get enough love and he's the best dude ever is smelly man <laughs> yeah oh absolutely i think that i think a lot of people don't uh get to bond with smelly that much just because he's been sober for so long and he's not really out and about you yeah. know I'm actually, I'm actually going to have his dad, Jeff on the podcast. I'm going to do this little series where I talk to like some, uh, some punk rockers, parents. Oh shit. It's going to be cool. Jeff's already, already signed on. So we're going to get Mr. Sandin on the show. Oh fuck. Yeah, man. That's super cool. So, uh, you guys, so fat Mike came into the studio, he saw your video and then he just called you up. Like, did you guys go meet with him or was it a total handshake deal? Like most of the deals are at fat. How was it? Absolutely. So he had, uh, Uh, we had, he had kind of heard about us on town. Get dead was already going around and we had had a, um, we had, I don't really want to fucking be throwing too many names out and shit on this story, but we'd had a problem with a fucking, with a promoter in the city because we got into it at the, at a club in San Francisco where some fucking bouncers were instead of breaking up a fight, starting a fight and had some friends up from San Jose and we ended up fucking doing some pretty serious damage. And uh, I guess he didn't like that promoter either. So we kind of were on the, ra- uh, the radar with that. He'd called us up to uh, go, you know, meet him at a bar somewhere over by his house to have a couple beers and talk about shit. So we showed up. And, of course, fucking the night before that, I got into a scuffle. I had the fucking biggest black eye. <laughs> and so, you know, already just right off the bat, we fucking walk in. And, of course, Mike looks at me and goes, oh, you must be Sam the Singer. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, dude, of course, I got to have a black eye right now. So, and then from there, it was just like, he liked our shit, wanted to hear some more of it. And it was right there, just handshake deal. He said, welcome to fat. And that was that. I mean, that's got to be, that's got to be amazing, man. I mean, I I would still be on cloud nine being on that label. I mean, growing up, that was the best label ever, you know? Yeah, man. It's like. And it feels it, was, uh, it feels like it's a family too. Like I've met so many people that have been on Fat Records. My old band, the Ataris, before I was in the band, they did like an EP on Fat. And just through touring and whatnot, I've met so many of my heroes that are on that label. But it honestly feels like everyone cares about all the other bands, and it's not really a competition. Like it's a real family. Yeah, it's it's definitely a real family. And I mean, I've even had a. I mean, I've I mean, we treat it like a family too. Like I've you know being on like festival tours and. Just being around other bands and shit, you get around some fucking 
other bands, whether they're salty that they're not on fat or they just want to run their mouth, you know. Like I'm the I'm the wrong I'm the wrong person to be around if you want to start talking shit fat because I'm I like look at it to me as a family, you know. So I'll be the first one to speak up on it. Dude, I was so excited to talk to you because to tell you the truth, I think uh you know, punk rock has gotten a lot safer than it used to be. And when I see you guys, I when I when I hear you in interviews and like I saw you on the Fat Wreck documentary, like you guys to me, it seems like the real deal. It doesn't seem fake at all. It seems completely honest. And you guys are just ready to throw down if you need to throw down, right? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I try, we're trying to kind of, I don't want to say trying to like get away from that fucking perception of us. Cause it's definitely, I feel like we might've closed a few doors with that old fucking, yeah. that'll stick. But at the same time, like, fuck it, man is what it is. It's fucking, it's punk rock music. And you're right. It's, it's not only gotten a lot safer, but to me, it's gotten a lot more fucking, a, a lot more like sceney and a lot more like quad at the high school type shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like people go around like, oh, there's like gatekeepers and people that can come in. And when I was younger, I was really into like hip hop stuff. And I think punk rock, especially the shows, tore me away from that a little bit because the people at those like hip hop shows, it always seemed that everybody was cooler than the next person and nobody wanted to make new friends and punk rock to me was always you know like oh fuck like skateboarding you take a skateboard worldwide you show up at a skate park you got fucking friends for life if they're skateboarders right yeah i mean i remember growing up in indiana where you know the punk rockers were a little bit more rare to find if i saw a kid in a pennywise shirt or a rancid shirt i'm like hey dude we need to hang out <laughs> yeah like we're yeah we're the same people like back in the day i saw someone that there's only four skateboarders in my school we used to get beat up by like the gangsters and the fucking cowboys and shit, you know? Yeah. So there was like a camaraderie and I always thought that that's how punk rock should have been. And I also thought that punk rock with like all the ethics and all the posturing and shit is that, you know, if you fucking, if you believe in something, then you should fucking stick up for it. You shouldn't, you shouldn't talk shit behind people's back unless you're, you know, I try to speak as if that person is going to be in front of me at some point in time, you know? Yeah. So, and that kind of rubs people the wrong way. And also, we're just not, we're not ones to fuck around, you know? We're here to play music and have a good time. I like everything that I've read about you guys, like, kind of keeping the DIY. Like, you guys are on fat, but you're still, you know, doing your own t-shirts and, like, most of the most of your own booking and whatnot. I mean, was, yeah. that, was that a conscious effort as well? Because, I mean, punk is supposed to be DIY. I mean, it's great to make a living off of it, but it's also not supposed to be some big corporate giant thing, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely not. And, I mean... I don't think that it, by any stretch of the imagination you could even be a big corporate thing if you're on Fat Records. I mean, fuck, there's only like six people running that whole label for yeah. a worldwide thing, you know, which is crazy to me. I mean, they do a fucking crazy job. But, you know, it's, it's as far as, um, I mean, besides, like, you know, obviously you got to have bookers and stuff that have relationships with other people to get the shows and stuff like that. I feel that if you don't at least have your hand in what, what you're doing, people are going to start making decisions for you that you wouldn't necessarily make for yourself. And then once you get locked into that, it's a slippery slope, you know? So try to gain as much control. My buddy Tucker from the band Thursday, he's the drummer. He was, uh, they were on victory records when they first started out. And he was telling me the story on the podcast of where they went to the victory offices on their first record cycle and victory had made whoopee cushions with their logo to promote the record. That doesn't see. That's that's uh, somebody's getting punched for that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like you, you guys have your hand in it. You guys know what the artwork looks like. You guys know everything, and I think that's a good way to be, especially nowadays with the the music industry being the way it is. Yeah, and and it's just so easy to do that yourself now. You know, with all the with all, especially for like booking and taking care of your your own image and stuff. It's like all those tools are readily available for everybody. Yeah, you know, you don't need a you don't need a label behind you anymore to fucking like get your music distributed and fucking record, even record your own fucking music. You could make fucking your albums in your kitchen now, you know, <laughs> with the right equipment. It's like totally. super affordable. So by not, by not fucking, by letting other people make, by letting other people make decisions for you just seems like a stupid move. Yeah, totally. You were right. talking about recording. So I, 
I want to get, I want to ask you a question. So the fat wreck documentary, a fat wreck, if no one out there has heard, watched it, you need to watch it. So you're on there and you're telling the story of where you guys actually dosed fat Mike. Yeah, yeah, allegedly, but yes, yes. <laughs> Could you elaborate a little bit? Because they didn't seem like they didn't elaborate much on the story. So, and I, I still, this is the most punk rock thing in the world. You know, you've got the label owner coming when you're recording a record, and you guys drug him. Can I hear a little bit about that? Yeah, well, the the rest of the boys were not were not super psyched on me for that for that shenanigan. Yeah. If you will, like we, I'm pretty sure that we almost got kicked off the fucking label our first week on it. I mean, yeah, because Mike, even on the documentary, he's like, you know, everybody at the label is saying they did that, kick him off, and he's like, man, I thought yeah. it was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, well, I bet he thought it was cool. He's tripping fucking balls. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I had fucking, we were, we were in there, and I had Mike was like, I don't know, I don't know exactly how it happened because we were all kind of fucked up. But in my version, Mike was talking shit on Budweiser, and he brought in IPA. Yeah. And he started drinking his fucking foo-foo IPA. Yeah. And I was fucked up, and I took a little, took a, like a, the corner of a matchstick, and I, and I put it in his bottle. And then I think that he knew it was in a bottle, so he moved that bottle. But I had seen it. It was kind of one of those spy versus spy moments, you know? Yeah. Where it was like, all right, well, I'm going to fucking switch this poison around three times. And I know which one it is, and you think you know which one it is, and then he ended up drinking it, and it was yeah. I don't think he started tripping when he was at Motor because he was like going home. Yeah. And then about three three in the morning, we got a call from fucking Soma, his ex lady, asking us like, "What the fuck did you guys give Mike? He's on the carpet right now doing Carpet Angels." <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm on the phone just like fucked up trying to be like, "No, no, no, that was a placebo." I don't give a shit. <laughs> That's crazy. Man. And then, uh, yeah. And then there was a downfall. So yeah, it was just, I don't know. It was just like one of those things that kind of just, uh, kind of just accidentally happened, you know? So was it kind of touch and go? Like, were you guys actually worried that you might get kicked off the label? Oh, the fucking, Oh, fucking the, the dudes in my band didn't speak to me for like a week. They were almost convinced that we were off that label. Josh Garcia, um, that same guy that had showed that Mike, he was our um, sound engineer on that album. And I got a call a day and a half later from Josh Garcia, and he's like, I'm like, hey, man, what time are we coming in? He's like, well, you're not coming in right now. He's like, that shit you did with that mic, he's all, people are not happy, Sam. Yeah. You know, and in my my mind, I'm like, ah, that was just one night, it's fine. But thinking back on it, I'm like, yeah, it was some pretty serious shit. (laughs) So, yeah, it was real touch and go there for a minute. So uh, was that during the recording of the your debut, Bad News on Fat, or was that yeah, the... Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, that was Bad News. So Bad News came out. It did fairly well. I mean, I'm sure it was a success for you guys. You guys seem to tour a lot. I was looking at some of the past dates. You guys have been all over Europe, Japan, different places. Was there anywhere that you really, really enjoyed? Like me, I talk about this on the podcast all the time. One of the most life-changing tours that we did was we went and spent almost two weeks in South Africa. And it was like very crazy, man. If you ever get to go there, you guys need to go. Absolutely, yeah. Like we we haven't been to South Africa. We did. Uh, we've uh, we've been pretty much everywhere in Europe. You know, we played a junkyard in fucking Slovakia once. Yeah, I saw that, that you guys played crazy. in Slovakia. I've been to Bratislava a couple times. I saw that you guys played in the Czech Republic. How was it for you in Prague, like in that area? Bruno. Oh, fuck Prague's, Prague's, We play we play Prague every time we go to Europe and at. Uh, our favorite club over there is the, um, fuck, what's it called? It's called like Mechaneca or some shit. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. No, I can't remember the actual, I can't remember the actual name. I just know that Prague is kind of a weird place. When you get into Eastern Europe, a lot of bands don't go there. But what I, what I notice is that a lot of the punkier bands, they tend to do very well over there. And maybe it's because, you know, they have punk rock holiday in Slovenia and all those different places. But I think that that style of music in Eastern Europe seems to be a lot bigger than maybe other places in, in, in Europe. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, yeah, like Eastern Europe to me is like filled with like hockey players. Like they're just like fucking like rap, they're like just a rowdy people, you know? Yeah. So I yeah. think that the more like aggressive music over there does a little better. Um, but it's, yeah, like, like dude, fuck Prague. Prague's one of my favorite spots. Portugal was, I mean, the shows there were amazing and, and then you throw in the fact that you're in fucking Portugal, which is like the most beautiful place <laughs> in the world. <laughs> totally, yeah. You know, I was telling my wife, I think this year we're going back out um, to Europe a few times um, this year, but <clears throat> in 2019. But my wife's never been out there, 
And I'm like, yeah, just come out, you know, the last week of tour or something. We'll stay out there for a few weeks. He's like, yeah, we've already seen all those places. Not really. <laughs> I haven't seen shit. That's you know, what that's like, what people don't get. Like I remember like going to South America, it's like, oh, thirteen shows in fourteen days and all you do is go to the airport, the hotel, and the venue. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, tell my wife before, I was like, You've been to the green room here in the States, right? She's like, Yeah, well it's the exact same thing in fucking in Paris. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we're not we're not eating fucking baguettes with, underneath the Eiffel Tower taking <laughs> in the beauty. See, that's, that's, that's why the South African thing for me was such like a life changer because we had a day off between all the shows. So we actually got to go and see like, you know, great white sharks and the penguins in Cape town. And we got to do all kinds of crazy stuff. So if you can ever get a tour where you can have like a, a booking company that gives you a day off between, but the problem with that is when you're not playing, you're not making money. Well, and you know, you get five, five grown men with a day off. I mean. You yeah. think that we would, you you think that we would be going to see penguins and shit like that, but <laughs> we end up going to the fucking bar. Yeah, we might as well a, just be at, be at the venue, or we go to the venue where we're gonna play the next day just to go check it out and end up throwing out with the fucking owners <laughs> for eight hours, and then we go broke, you know. So uh, honestly, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna transition back, and we'll get back to talking about Europe because I've got some more questions. But honesty, Absolutely. honesty lives elsewhere. Was your second full length on Fat? It came out in 2016. How was the writing and the recording process for that? Was Fat Mike involved once again with like the production stuff? Yeah, absolutely. He came in and um, helped us out on some songs, and he he would be popping in like every other day or something. We were in there recording, and we like having we like having Mike in there and shit because he's got. Obviously, he's got a good ear, and he's also, you know, he's also one of those people that's gonna fucking tell you something shitty, or you know. Yeah. So it's good. It's good to have fucking, uh, you know, honest people in there. But um, it's that that was a little different. Uh, like writing, as far as any get dead albums go, we had just like some friends that had passed away like the month that we were going in the, like recording the studio and we were still writing lyrics on it. And so, and my, it's a hard record for me to listen to personally. And I also think that it's just like such a downer record, which a lot of people don't get that vibe from it. So, but like for me, I'm like, uh, it's kind of dark there, buddy, you know? So you were taking a lot of like the personal stuff that was happening to you with your friends passing and whatnot and putting that into the lyrics. Absolutely. You know, I'm not really one to be, you know, fucking talking to my friends and shit about feelings and stuff like that. So especially with writing and stuff, it's a big vent for me, you know? Well, I mean, I think that's, that's a great way to express if you, you know, if you're not super, you know, sensitive male or whatever, talking to your friends, if you've got an an expression like writing lyrics, that's got to be a little bit cathartic for you. Oh, absolutely. And then like when it came out, even, you know, my friends that were around when all that happened were just like, Jesus Christ, man. (laughs) You can talk to us if you want. So, um, I want to, I want to talk a little bit. I, I don't even know how old you are. How old are you, man? I'm 37, 37. Okay. So you're three years younger than me. <laughs> I'm an, I'm an old guy. Yeah. Oh, I'm an old guy. No doubt. I got some like <laughs> salt and pepper going on in the face. So, uh, you said you're, you're married, correct? Do you have any kids? Nope. I got a, I got a pit bull named Loka. That's about it. <laughs> are you planning on having any children? <laughs> Ah, fucking uh, no comment, sir. My wife's going to listen to this. I'm not getting myself in trouble, Flair. Well, I'll tell you, man, I, I was never, I never planned on it, never planned on it. And now I have a almost three-year-old son and a year-old daughter. And it's... Oh, congratulations. Thanks, man. man. People people tell you like, oh, you don't know what you're missing. And it's kind of, it's kind of true. Like I, it's, it's hard, but I, I love my kids more than anything. So you seem like you'd be a pretty awesome punk rock dad, man. Yeah, I I feel like I make fun of my friends all the time with kids. Like Timmy, our uh, our bass player, he has a daughter, and our drummer has a son. And I got a lot of friends with kids, and they tell me the same thing. They're like, "Oh man, I'll change your life. Best thing that you've ever done." And I'm like, "Nah." I feel like you guys are just saying that because you want somebody to be fucking miserable with you. But it's cool. <laughs> you want to make the whole world miserable. Have kids. It's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, that. I mean, I I get I get like my main my main thing besides. Um, like having having a kid right now would just be that I still want to tour and stuff like that. And I I mean I have a hard time already leaving like my wife and even when me and my wife go somewhere, I fucking trip out about leaving the dog at home, you know? So I couldn't even imagine a human being. Well, I mean, that's honestly and I've talked about this at length on the podcast. The reason that I started this podcast is because I, I get offers 
monthly to go on the road, go overseas, play guitar for different bands. But I can't imagine leaving my wife and kids for that long. Yes, it's fucking rough, man. Miss a first step or something, you'd feel like shit for the rest of your life. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I started the podcast because I was like, well, you know, I miss being on the road. I have a lot of friends that are still on the road. I, I have acquaintances that are in bands, and it it's kind of cathartic and kind of nice for me because I get to talk about being on the road and talk about stories. And so you're helping me yeah. through me not being able to tour. Okay, well, let me... It, uh, touring, touring hasn't changed, but it's <laughs> it's still cool for the first fucking two weeks, and then you hate it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you you always hit that plateau on touring where it's like, all right, dude, I'm over, I'm over fucking drinking and being that guy every night. And you like play the show, and then you find yourself in the van for no reason, being antisocial, watching Netflix. Well, that's the thing. Like, I'd always start the tours off like I'm gonna hang out with all the kids that come to the show. I'm gonna be like the best yep. guy, and then by like the third week, I'm in the van and I or in the bus or whatever we had, and I I just wouldn't talk to anybody. <laughs> yeah, and then you and then then you start getting mad at yourself because then you feel like a dick. Yeah, because you're not doing it. Cause I, I mean, I try to do that every every show we got is like you know get right off stage, go to the merch table. Fucking meet people, shake hands, do all that shit, you know? People want to buy you a shot, even though you don't feel like drinking, or, you, you know, you're not going to fucking be like, nah, fuck that. And, you know. And you're in the unique situation since you are, you know, the singer slash frontman. People want to meet you a lot more. When I was just the guitarist, people liked meeting me, but they didn't really give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Was that me or was that you? Sorry, man. I don't you know. <laughs> it's okay, man. Yeah. It's This is all, okay. this is DIY podcasting. We are not, okay, you know, perfect. we're not perfect, professional yeah. here. We're just having a conversation. Yeah. You're not, yeah, you're not, you're not going to lose any checks over this one. No, I'm not going to lose uh, any checks. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fucking hard balance, I guess. And then like, even now just talking about like how hard it is, you feel like a chump because you're like, dude, you know how many fucking kids want to do what we're doing? Oh yeah, totally. You know, like it's, 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 it gets grueling when you were, you know, I think it was our last Europe. Oh, this fucking guy, dude. Uh, sorry. <laughs> is that a motorcycle? No, yeah, it's two fucking small kids from across the street on, like, lawnmower motorcycles. Okay. <laughs> but, like, oh, sorry. Um, fuck, I forgot what I was saying. Those kids fucked me up. I think you were talking about how, you know, we're bitching about how hard it is, but there's so many people that would want to do it. Yeah, that would that would fucking love to do it, you know. And it's it's. I think there's a the more the older you get and the more um, touring and touring you do, it's inevitable that you're gonna gonna get familiar and you're not gonna be as psyched as you were your first Europe tour, you know. But we also we pushed ourselves pretty hard. Like that last tour we did, I think we did 28 shows in 26 days. Wow. So you know we had two double headers and then there's no days off and. You know, you're not eating right. You're not drinking enough water. You're fucking arguing with your fucking band member over fucking foot space on the floor just because you've been looking at his face for fucking a thousand hours, you yeah. know? So it, it gets ruling, man, especially the older you get. Like, fuck, dude, hangovers last like two days now. It's crazy. <laughs> so is there anywhere in the world that you guys plan to go or that you would like to go that you haven't been yet? Uh, definitely this year we're trying to get to Australia. We haven't been out there yet. We had, um, we had, um, uh, this band, a really awesome band. Anyone that's listening to this, if you haven't heard them, go check them out. They're called Clowns. Okay. Fucking killer band. But, uh, they came out here to the United States and we made friends with them. So we're trying to get out there through their, through their booking, uh, homie this year. Cause we haven't been there. I mean, South Africa sounds tight. Anywhere in Africa sounds tight. South Africa is amazing. Uh, you guys should go if you get the chance. <laughs> Yeah, man, we did, um, we did Mexico for the first time. I mean, we've been, you know, obviously we're from California, so we've been to Tijuana a lot. We yeah. actually did like yeah. toured Mexico, like fucking Guadalajara, Zacatecas, fucking Mexico city, this all mid middle Mexico, you know, were you guys like flying in on those shows or would you, were you driving around Mexico? Um, well, we, we drove, but we, what we did was we played in, uh, Tecate and Tijuana and then our first two shows, and we flew from Tijuana into Mexico City and then rented a van for the, the remainder of the tour and then just drove back to Mexico City and flew back to Tijuana and then just walked across the border back home. See, I've heard a lot of horror stories about touring in Mexico. Like, I think uh, Mike Herrera, his, his, from MXPX, his other band, Tumble Down, they did a Mexican tour, and I think they got robbed. And I've just I've had a lot of friends that have had some bad luck down there. Yeah, we had... we. 
we had fucking, we didn't have one fucking problem. And we didn't, in the whole tour, we ended up just meeting people at the shows and staying at their house. And that's which awesome. We do a lot. But, um, I mean, we got the same horror stories when we went down there. Yeah. Um, like, you know, we're pretty, I feel, I feel like that's pretty, uh, pretty in tune with what's going on around us a lot of the time though, you know? Yeah. So we, I mean, we really pay attention to like where all of our fucking gear is all the time. And, you know, if somebody's being a little too friendly or shit like that, like we pick up on it pretty quick. So we had a, we had a great fucking time. So uh, speaking of touring in other countries and just touring in general, this is called that one time on tour. I want to know, I'm sure you've got some crazy stuff. I don't know if you, you know, thought about it prior and like prepared something, but like, what's like a crazy get dead story from being on the road. Do you have anything like that? Um, yeah, no, get dead's pretty mellow, man. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. I, I mean, I was trying to think about this, uh, today before you were calling. Cause I'm like, so much shit has happened. So much wild shit. Um, fucking. Okay. Here's one. Okay. Uh, we were, we were up in, uh, up in Seattle with our friends, the hollow point. And we played it that we played this show. And while we were playing the show, this girl, um, you know, it's just like one of them drunk fucking just overstepping the bounds where we're playing was like trying to get on stage and like, um, one second. And there you go. Um, overstepping the bounds, I ended up throwing a fucking like a, uh, vodka cranberry on Timmy while he's playing all over his bass and everything, you know. And uh, Tim, Tim had, thrown, Tim had like fucking kicked the drink back towards her, and then we get off stage. The the boyfriend's freaking out. I'm trying to fucking you know separate everything. Let's go. We get in the van. Actually, we know her and the boyfriend are in our van. They're in your van. The yeah, they get in the van somehow, and the boyfriend tries to hit Tim in the back of the head. And so I was like, fuck that. I pulled the guy out of the van, fucking tuned him up a bit, got back in the van, and then we left. And that was that. Wow. The day before, we were at the Hollow Point's house helping them build a half pipe in their backyard. So we're in, I, and unbeknownst to us, that guy had been there a few days before helping them. Really? So this guy knew, this guy knew where we were staying. So we woke up in the morning to this girl going, hey, everybody get down. This chick's out there with a gun. Oh my god! I'm like, what the? I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, ain't nobody out there with a gun. So I walked out, and this chick has like a bag of cold cut turkeys and a fucking pistol. <laughs> and so I, I duck on the porch. I crawl back in the house. I'm like, no, nah, for real, you guys get down. The chick's got a gun out there. And then we hear a fucking chainsaw go off. <laughs> then this this chick's out there with a gun, a bag of turkey. And her messed out boyfriend's out there with a full-blown fucking chainsaw running around the house. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, dude. What's... All right, this is escalated quickly. And so he starts cutting their fucking half pipes that they just built to ribbons. Oh, my gosh. He's like, right down the middle. And no one can go stop him because, you know. There's a gun and there's a bunch of cold cuts. Yeah, yeah, and there's cold cuts. What The cold cuts, you know, there's a lot of debate over what those fucking cold cuts were for. I think she brought the gun in the cold cuts is like a sly like transportation <laughs> mechanism or something. I, I think I think they were gonna kill all you guys and then they were going to make a table out of the wood from the half pipe and have lunch. That's what I think. And have a sandwich. Yeah. You know, this, that that theory has been thrown around too. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it's only God knows, you know. And then uh yeah, that that was a that was a pretty wild one, man. When when pistols and chainsaws are involved, it gets pretty fucked up. <laughs> That's crazy. Did you, uh, did you ever guys ever have any problem crossing borders when you were in Europe or whatnot? Oh, yeah. Immigration stuff. Can uh, you, you got a story about that? Yeah. Oh yeah. We got, uh, and, uh, well, we tried to go, when we tried to get into fucking, uh, into Israel, we were, we were in line in our, um, like in the fucking, the passport check area, you know, Yeah. like passport yeah. control. And I had called our, our promoter who was already there and I had said, Hey, we're only doing one show here and we didn't have any of our equipment with us except for like guitars and stuff. And I was like, do I tell him that we're playing a show? And he's like, no, no, no. Don't tell him that you're playing a show. Just say you're here to visit friends. 
and that you're going. I'm like, all right, you know, listen to the promoter. We get up there. He asked me, he's all, what's up with the equipment? Because he sees the boys behind me. I said, oh, we're just, you know, we're doing a tour in Europe, but we're just stopping by to say what's up to some friends. And the guy's like, oh, really? And he fucking, he types some stuff in with my passport, and he turns the screen around. And on his computer screen, it says, you know, he even translated it. And it's like, get dead, bring their unique style of punk rock to fucking Tel Aviv, Israel, playing that night. <laughs> You know, and he was not fucking happy with it whatsoever. Oh, yeah. He's like, and you know, rightly so. I mean, in hindsight, I shouldn't have thought that you could fuck around with like a Middle East border, you know? Where were you guys crossing from? What country? Um, we had flown in from, we had flown in from Turkey. Okay. Okay. Which was also a nightmare too. I mean, there, it's just, I, I don't know if you've ever been to an airport in Turkey, but it's, I, I have, really yeah, I've been to the one in Istanbul, yeah. Yeah, it's that's a it's a really fucking it's a really hectic scene over there, you know. Yeah. Especially when you're like trying to carry in fucking cases that look like they could be fucking brandishing weapons or something in them, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what did the what did the guy in Israel what what did he end up doing? Just denying you, or what happened? Well, he didn't deny us, but what he did was fucking give us a jam up where he was like, "All right, he's like, you guys aren't getting in. You're gonna have to talk to our manager." And then he points over to the corner of this big hall that we were just standing in line in. And in, in the corner, there was like a, like, a, like a small fucking prefabricated office that had like 150, 200 people just standing like in a crazy crowd. No line, no number to grab, no system whatsoever. Yeah. And people are just standing there just trying to like vie for position to get to this small office door. And we're trying to talk to people. No one's speaking English. We, you know, we keep trying to go back to talk to the passport guy. He's fucking waving us off. Get the fuck back over there. And we ended up sitting there for like six hours. Wow. Just like waiting for someone to come out and call our name. And then they finally did. Basically, he just gave us a lecture and then let us in finally. Oh, so they let you in. So you guys got to play? Yeah, yeah. We got to play. But it was, it wasn't a fun, uh, it wasn't fun, a fun limbo time to be in for a long time. How was how was the show in Israel? I, I've never been over there. That's one of the places I haven't been yet that I really want to go. It was fucking awesome, man. It was they were kids were fucking super into it and fucking packed show. I mean, I wasn't expecting that. You know? Yeah. So I mean who is it? Uh useless IDs from Israel. Yeah, useless IDs from Israel, and I know that they so do. I, fairly think, I well. think that, that helped us I think that like, you know, and also being a fat band doesn't doesn't hurt doesn't hurt your draw when you go out to other places, you know? So anywhere in Europe or anywhere that you guys have been, has the show, have they, the show's been kind of less than great? Like you expected something and you got there and it was kind of not as many people or the crowd was kind of, kind of weird. Like any place like that? Uh, Lyspec, Germany. They were pretty, uh, pretty fucking unaccommodating and unenthusiastic. Uh, yeah. Pretty much anywhere worldwide on a fucking, uh, Monday through Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like trying, trying to get down on it. You hear those stories all the time. Like Henry Rollins, when he was touring with black flag back in the day, like, you know, oh, you guys are from America. So all the British people threw piss at him and everything. Like I always wondered if, if that's still like a thing in some countries where they don't like you everywhere that I ever went, even if they didn't know the band, they thought it was cool that we were from America. And I always wondered, is there a place out there where you're from America? So they're going to treat you like shit. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's why, uh, maybe that's why, uh, we've never done fucking crazy good in the UK and maybe they just hate Americans cause we ditched them or something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But every, 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 everywhere else, man, it's, it's always been like pretty well received and nothing too crazy. Like I, I know no one's ever thrown piss at me. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Maybe, maybe fucking Henry was just being a dick or something. Yeah, you don't know, man. <laughs> so uh, I tell you what, man, I've had you on the call for a long time. I know you're at work. Yeah, get back to painting some houses. So you guys have anything coming up in the future? I mean, that your last record came out in 2016. So what is in store for Get Dead? Uh, right now we're working on the new full length. I'm happy to announce. I think you're the first person we're telling that to. Oh, dude, I get an exclusive. Um, that's great. Yeah, that, yeah, that's an exclusive for you. I don't know. If, that's going to be happy with me, but fuck it. We're coming out with a new album. Everybody out there, get get on all the websites and put it. It is true. A new Get yeah, Dead album is being worked on. It's true. Prepare to be bummed out. <laughs> um, 
we're uh, yes, yeah, so we're we're working on that right now. Um, we're gonna be re- we're gonna be working with fucking uh, Chris Dugan from. He's done a bunch of shit for like Green Day. Okay. As our sound engineers, so I think we're gonna get in there in January and start getting into um, just fucking recording basics and stuff like that. And then we have um, a few tours. We're doing. Uh, we'll be out in Europe for a couple weeks and. Um, May, like the end of uh, April, April to May, we'll be in Europe, and then we go back out to Europe for another couple weeks. And I think it's like July, August, like mid July into like the early August days. Are you guys doing and, the punk and drublick thing over there? Yeah, okay, yeah, we are. I thought I saw your name on the flyer, I couldn't remember right though. Yeah, I'm not sure how many dates we're doing, but I know that we are doing them because we kind of uh. We kind of just like tried to schedule in the punk and drum like around the, t- uh, the existing tour that we already had. Yeah. But we've been talking to uh, Mike and I think that we're definitely going to be doing them. Um, we're doing punk and drum like in Europe and then we're definitely going to be doing it in Canada as well when it goes over there. Oh, that's great. As man. far as the United States, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. Do you, uh, do you remember, fucking debacle. do you remember if you guys have ever played Indianapolis, Indiana? You know, I want to say that we've played, we've played almost every state except for fucking like Alaska, Hawaii, and like the Dakotas. Okay. I was just going to say, because I was looking at past dates and I didn't see Indy. If you guys get to Indianapolis, I will be there and I will buy you a beer, man. Oh, fuck, dude, fucking, well, we're going to put that on our first stop then when this album drops. When the album drops, come to Indianapolis, and I will be there, and we will hang out all night, bro. Fuck yeah, Chris. I'm fucking, it's a date, bud. Okay, so uh, do you have any socials you want to plug so people can check out the band or a website? What do you guys have? Yeah, just, uh, we're just I know, normal, normal shit. Check out Get Dead Music on Instagram for, for stuff that's going to be coming up. If you want to keep in touch with us and, you know, see when the album's going to drop and all that. Go to fatrecords.com for all the all the fat band tours and our tours are always up on there. And um, you want to drop me a line on Bukowski's Ghosts on Instagram and other than socials, I think that's all we got. I don't think do people go on Facebook anymore. I mean, I do it for the podcast and I do it to share pictures of my kids, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, man, just Instagram and Fat Records, we're there. So hey, man, I always play a song at the end of the interview. So. Uh, I think I might play two. I'm going to pick one that I really like. Is there a song that you would like the people to check out that I can play? Um, yeah, try, uh, see if, see if you can, see if you can pull, pull up one from the, uh, the self-titled EP, which I think I just get dead self-titled if you're looking it up on Spotify or something. Okay. And, uh, I would say, uh, try a thousand dollar bender i like that one thousand dollar bender okay so i'm gonna find that and i'll play that and then i'm gonna pick one that i really really enjoy as well uh sam i want to tell you man this has been wonderful thank you so much for coming on the show i really appreciate it and when the record comes out come on back and we'll talk about it man oh absolutely brother thanks for having me chris i appreciate it. no problem man have a good night i'll talk to you soon you too man keep in touch yep bye And there it was, my conversation with Sam King from Get Dead. I had a wonderful time talking to Sam, and I hope that he comes back when the new record comes out. Uh, Sam actually sent me a little acoustic demo the other day. And uh, if the new record is anything like the demo, I cannot wait. The chorus was amazing. I wish I could share it with you guys, but I don't think I can. So uh, thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Sam. Uh, Next week on the show, I'm so excited to bring you my conversation with Mr. Scott Mellinger from Zayo. Yes, Zayo. Legendary Zayo. If you don't know who Zayo is, go Google Z-A-O band. You will love them. Uh, Scott and I had a wonderful discussion about gear. I don't ever really talk about gear, but we talked about gear on this on the show. We're both guitarists, so we had a good time geeking out. We talked a lot about Metallica, too. It was kind of crazy. So, um, yeah, come back next week for my conversation with Scott. And uh, I'm going to get out of here. It's super late. It's New Year's Eve. It's about three in the morning now. So uh, this is... Uh, It's really good to be back, and uh, 2019 is looking great. We have some amazing guests coming up. So make sure you're following us on all the socials. You know it. It's TOTOT Podcast. Get in touch if you want to sponsor an episode, TOTOTPodcast at gmail.com. And uh, subscribe, rate, review, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever, wherever you're at. Do that because it helps 
the show. If you want to pledge to the show to help me keep things running really well, you can go to patreon.com forward slash TOTOT podcast. I think I want to name the fan club, the patrons over there. So uh, if you guys have any ideas for the name of the club, go ahead and email me or hit me up on Instagram or whatever. And let me know what your idea is. If we use your idea, I'll send you a bunch of free swag. So, uh, thank you guys so much for coming back. I'm going to get off here. I'm going to play $1,000 bender from get dead as well as a song. I really enjoy on their most recent album. Honesty lives elsewhere. It's a song called silence. So, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Happy new year. See ya. Just wasted away Lost touch, got and lost control Lost the job, lost your mind, and lost your soul But you're not done But you're not done Now you're not done There's just no point to think When you just got a drink
Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. <laughs>